Welcome to the Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care podcast. Why does this topic matter? One person in the United States dies from a drug overdose every six minutes. We as healthcare providers must do better to treat addiction, prevent overdoses, and improve the lives of our patients and their families. This podcast is designed to provide you with simple and evidence-based information on substance use disorders that you can use to take better care of your patients on your next shift. Greetings and salutations. Dr. Casey Grover here, welcoming you back to another episode of Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to share very briefly two great papers that a colleague of mine shared with me recently. Now, have you ever had a colleague object to starting buprenorphine in the emergency department? I know I have. One objection that I often get is, now they're all going to start coming in asking for buprenorphine. And another objection I get is, well, you've started them on buprenorphine, now they're just going to come back again when they run out. Turns out, the literature has actually disproved the arguments in both of those objections. So, for the first objection, now they're all going to start coming in asking for buprenorphine, we'll review our first paper, the American Journal of Emergency Medicine in 2020, with the title, Rates of Substance Use Disorder Treatment-Seeking Visits After Emergency Department-Initiated Buprenorphine. The lead author is L.K. Jennings. And I'm going to quote a key finding, quote, no significant pre to post differences were observed in the monthly rate of patients presenting to the emergency department requesting treatment for addiction to any substance or for those patients requesting treatment for opioid addiction following implementation of ED initiation of buprenorphine, end quote. So bottom line. After you start offering buprenorphine in your emergency department, there is no increase in visits related to opiate addiction or any addiction. On to the second objection. They're just going to come back again once you've started them on buprenorphine when they run out. This brings us to paper number two from Drug and Alcohol Dependence in 2007. And the title is Evaluation of the Use of Buprenorphine for Opioid Withdrawal in an Emergency Department, and the lead author is Berg ML. Here's the key finding, quote, Subjects who received buprenorphine were less likely to return to the same emergency department within 30 days for a drug-related visit, 8%, compared to those who received symptomatic treatment only, 17%, P less than 0.05. End quote. So actually, this paper shows that treating patients with opiate use disorder in the emergency department with buprenorphine decreases emergency department visits. I hope those two papers to get us started were helpful and have fun on your next shift with those two nuggets from the scientific literature in your arsenal of knowledge. Now, on to today's episode, which is on methadone. And more specifically, how do we handle the patient who is on methadone for opiate use disorder when they come to the emergency department or acute care setting? And let's start with an overview of methadone at a high level. And we'll start with a paper from Curious in 2021 entitled, Opioid Use Disorder, 
Treatments and Barriers. The lead author is Karan Patel. This article is an overview, as you guessed from the title, on treatments for opiate use disorder and will highlight some of the key points the authors bring up about methadone. Methadone is an approved medication for opiate use disorder, and it is a full agonist of the mu opioid receptor. In contrast to buprenorphine, as it is a full agonist at the opioid receptor, it does carry the risk of respiratory depression and overdose. However, it is therefore also helpful for pain management and can be used for the treatment of chronic pain, and it's actually commonly used in the cancer population. Methadone, as compared to other opioids, has a longer half-life, causes less intense withdrawal, and is less euphoric. Furthermore, it can block the euphoric effects of other opioids. Methadone, uniquely, is an NMDA receptor antagonist, actually like ketamine, and can be helpful for neuropathic pain and opioid tolerance. Methadone for opioid use disorder is extremely effective. The authors note that a recent review article showed that data from clinical trials suggest that patients on methadone who were once addicted to heroin had up to an 80% success rate when looking at multiple endpoints based on social reintegration productivity, and job reemployment. However, methadone does have some unique regulations around it as the drug can only be dispensed when used for opiate use disorder by SAMHSA-certified treatment programs. And just in case you didn't know the acronym SAMHSA, it's Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, which is a federally run program in the United States. Unfortunately, these certified treatment programs may not be available in all geographic areas. In my county, in California, it's 440,000 people in the general population, and we are actually fortunate enough to have two certified programs. However, in some rural areas of the United States, there may not be any programs in a particular area. So that's a high-level perspective on methadone. And with our next paper, we'll drill down into some more specific details about methadone. The next paper is written by Diana Coffa and Hannah Snyder from American Family Physician in 2019. And the title is Opioid Use Disorder, Medical Treatment Options. This is another paper looking at options for opiate use disorder, and we'll review the section on methadone. The authors start by mentioning the high-level benefits of methadone namely that treatment of opiate use disorder with methadone reduces mortality, opioid use, HIV transmission, and hep C transmission. Furthermore, treatment of opiate use disorder with methadone increases treatment retention. Methadone is also unique in that, as a full opioid agonist, there is not the risk of precipitated withdrawal that buprenorphine has so it can be started without the patient having to go through a period of opiate withdrawal first. Let's move on to some of the nitty-gritty details of methadone. What are the benefits or indications of methadone for opiate use disorder? Reduction of cravings and withdrawal in patients with opiate use disorder. Prevention of return to illicit opioid use. It can also be used to treat comorbid pain. 
and it reduces the euphoric effects of other opioids. What are the adverse effects of methadone? Well, the first one is that it can cause sedation. And just to remind you, it's a full opioid agonist. You can also get constipation and hypogonadism. There can also be a prolonged QT interval, and this is unique to methadone as compared to other opioids. And it can also cause overdose at high doses or when combined with other medications or drugs. In terms of precautions when using methadone, Methadone is metabolized in the liver, so patients with impaired liver function may develop over-sedation. Additionally, patients at risk of QT prolongation or who have a prolonged QT should avoid high doses of methadone, over 100 milligrams, due to the risk of QT prolongation from methadone. We should avoid methadone in anyone with a hypersensitivity reaction to methadone, and because of the full agonism at the mu opioid receptor, and the potential for respiratory depression with methadone, we should avoid methadone in anyone who is at high risk of respiratory depression. I personally had a lot of questions about regulatory oversight of methadone, and the article goes into that next. Patients, when started on methadone for opioid use disorder, must initially be seen in their clinic daily. Most methadone clinics are open six or seven days per week. As we mentioned from our first paper on methadone, methadone for opiate use disorder can only be given in a federally certified opioid treatment program. Patients must receive their dose, at least initially, in the federally certified opioid treatment program. And patients can only receive methadone when in the hospital when they are admitted for another diagnosis, as in opiate use disorder is not the primary reason for admission. I've really not used much methadone in my practice, so I was grateful that the authors went on to a section on methadone dosing. Methadone is usually started, the very first dose, at 20 milligrams to 30 milligrams. If there is no sedation and the patient requires additional dosing, an additional 10 milligrams can be given after four hours if patients are still having cravings or withdrawal after that first dose. Patients come back the next day and the dose can be increased if needed. The maximum dose on day one is 40 milligrams. Patients come back again. They are reassessed. If needed, the dose can be increased. The maximum dose on day two is 50 milligrams. We repeat the process. If they need more of the methadone on day three, the maximum dose is 60 milligrams. Thereafter, the provider can increase the dose of methadone by 10 milligrams every five days as needed for cravings or withdrawal. And just remember, this is all being done in a federally approved treatment program with daily visits to the clinic for dosing and assessment. And they also observe the patient taking the methadone dose to confirm that it is actually taken. And finally, pregnancy. Methadone can be used in pregnancy. So that's a pretty good overview of methadone, but I still had this lingering question in my mind. What do I do with the patient in the emergency department who comes to the emergency department saying they missed a dose of methadone? And I searched and searched in the literature and found nothing. So I phoned a friend. I called a colleague of mine who works at one of our local methadone clinics and I asked her for some help. And just to clarify, 
we're going to go through what my local methadone clinic recommends. This is not a guideline or formal guidance, and each clinic may do things differently. But this was my conversation with my colleague so that I could develop a practical approach to how to handle the methadone patient in the emergency department or who needs admission. And for the record, my local methadone clinic is open seven days per week. So my first questions were just to understand how our local methadone clinic takes care of patients. When they get a new patient into their program, the starting dose is similar to what the second paper we reviewed outlined. They start at 30 milligrams and observe the patient. If there is no sedation and the patient still feels cravings or withdrawal, they give an additional 10 milligrams. They then bring the patient back daily after the start and increase by 5 milligrams every few days until cravings and withdrawal are managed. And for this clinic, the max dose is 100 milligrams. And a reminder, patients are observed taking their dose of methadone by a clinic staff member. Now, I've sometimes heard patients talking about being on take-homes, and I didn't know what that meant. In compliance with federal regulations, all patients start out on daily observed methadone dosing, which is given seven days per week in the methadone clinic program. As you can imagine, this is disruptive to a person's schedule and may cause some transportation issues. So there is some incentive to be able to take methadone doses at home. For our local methadone clinic, if patients show good compliance with methadone, do not show any signs of other drug use on routine drug testing, and have had enough time in treatment, eventually they can get more than one dose of methadone at a time to take home so that they don't have to come to the clinic every day. I didn't get into the details of the criteria for this in our local methadone clinic as I more just wanted to understand the high level of how it's done. So, bottom line, patients who are doing well on methadone for opiate use disorder without relapse and who show good compliance and time in the program can eventually move away from daily dosing in the clinic to getting take-home doses with regular scheduled follow-up within the clinic. In clinics that are not open seven days per week, there may be routine use of take-home dosing for the weekend days on which the clinic is closed. And yes, the clinics do routine urine drug screens to monitor for other drug use. I also wanted to know what happens to patients when they miss one of their daily doses. For our local clinic, if patients miss a single day, they can come back the next day and resume their regular dosing. Methadone's half-life is long enough, up to 59 hours per up-to-date, that they may not have much withdrawal, missing only one dose. However, if patients miss three days in a row, their methadone order expires. When they return to the clinic, they may have to drop to a lower dose or start over at the starting dose of 30 milligrams and titrate up. Now, I moved on in our conversation to what we need to do in the emergency department when patients come into the emergency department asking for a dose of their methadone when they are in withdrawal or they know they are going to go into withdrawal based on the time of their last dose before they can get back to the methadone clinic. First, given the federal regulations on this, methadone clinics keep really tight tabs on their patients. So if it's business hours, including weekends, 
and a patient comes into the emergency department asking for a dose of methadone, call their methadone clinic. The clinic may ask you to give them a dose and have the patient go to the clinic the next day, or the clinic may ask you not to give the patient a dose and have the patient go immediately from the emergency department to the clinic. Now, what about if it's after hours? We all know that these sort of issues invariably come up after hours when we can't call for help. The big risk here is giving the patient too high of a dose. If we give someone too much methadone, the full agonist effect could cause sedation or an overdose. So if you can confirm the dose in some way, such as if the patient provides documentation from the clinic, or if you can find their dose in the medical record, then you can give the patient their dose and tell the patient to go to the methadone clinic the next day. My colleague from our local clinic was actually nice enough to give me her cell phone number and told me that we could call her after hours to confirm. And it's important to note that methadone dosed in methadone clinics does not show up on prescription drug monitoring program reports. Now, if you can't confirm the dose, you can give a low dose of methadone and observe them to monitor for sedation or respiratory depression. 30 milligrams of methadone is the usual starting dose of methadone, and that dose is likely enough to manage the worst of withdrawal, but not enough to cause too much sedation. If the patient doesn't develop any sedation or respiratory depression during your period of observation, the 30 milligrams of methadone should be enough to manage the worst of withdrawal and make them feel better enough to get through to the next morning and back to their methadone clinic. What about the patient who is from out of town or who says, I just moved here? It turns out that methadone clinics, again, due to the federal regulation, will notify each other in advance when a patient is moving. So if your patient has moved, her or his previous methadone clinic should have notified your local methadone clinic in advance of the move with preparations for the clinic in the new area to take over. So again, you're going to want to call the patient's methadone clinic, and if they've recently moved, you can either call their old methadone clinic or the methadone clinic in your area to discuss the patient. If you can confirm the dose with the clinic and they would like you to administer it, go ahead. They also may just want you to send the patient to the clinic immediately. If you can't confirm the dose, then go with the 30 milligrams and observe approach we just discussed and tell the patient to go to either their methadone clinic or the local methadone clinic next day. For patients coming to the emergency department, I also wanted to know if there's any federal regulation on what we do in terms of giving missed doses of methadone. The answer is no. Practice good, diligent medicine and do your best to either confirm the dose or give the general starting dose of 30 milligrams and observe and document that you are treating opioid dependence and withdrawal. Be sure to, in your discharge documentation, give the patient instructions to follow up with the local methadone clinic or their methadone clinic within 24 hours. For me in my practice, our local clinic is open seven days per week, so patients can always get next day follow-up. If the local clinic in your area is not open seven days per week, 
depending on what day they present to your emergency department after missing a dose, such as on the weekend, you might have to dose them in the emergency department and then bring them back again the next day for another dose before the clinic opens the following day. And finally, what about when patients are getting admitted to the hospital for another reason, such as cellulitis or asthma? It's really the same approach. Confirm the dose with the local methadone clinic and continue that dose while they are inpatient. It's also important to let the methadone clinic know that the patient is being admitted so that the clinic knows that the patient is being compliant with methadone and is not skipping daily appointments for dosing. If you can't confirm the dose when you are admitting, then give them the usual starting dose of 30 milligrams and contact the local methadone clinic within 24 hours to confirm the dose, then start that confirmed dose for the rest of the hospital stay. When discharging patients, you can provide them with documentation that they did get their dosing of methadone while they were admitted, and then they should follow up with their methadone clinic within 24 hours of discharge. Okay, great episode. Let's wrap this up with some take-home points. Number one, methadone is a full agonist opioid medication used for opiate use disorder to reduce opioid withdrawal, reduce cravings for opioids, and reduce the euphoria of opiate use. Number two, methadone, as it is a full agonist at the mu opioid receptor, does carry a risk of sedation, overdose, and respiratory depression. Number three, methadone should be used with caution in patients with liver impairment or who are at risk for QT prolongation. Number four, Methadone, when used for opiate use disorder, is tightly regulated and only can be given by a federally certified opioid treatment program. Number five, the starting dose of methadone for opioid use disorder is usually 30 milligrams and is slowly titrated up over several days. Patients start on methadone, receiving daily observed doses in person at the methadone clinic. Number six, if a patient comes to the emergency department in withdrawal or with impending withdrawal, asking for a dose of methadone as they missed a dose, contact the patient's methadone clinic to confirm the dose. The clinic may ask you to give a dose at the confirmed amount or to send the patient to the clinic for dosing. Number seven, methadone clinics are generally open six or seven days per week so patients usually can get, depending on the clinic and the day of the week, next day follow-up. Number eight, if a patient comes to the emergency department in withdrawal or with impending withdrawal, asking for a dose of methadone as they missed a dose and you can't confirm the dose, give 30 milligrams and observe the patient for respiratory depression or sedation. That dose is unlikely to cause over-sedation or overdose, but will be enough to significantly reduce withdrawal until they can get to the methadone clinic the next day. Number nine, for patients on methadone who require admission for a medical reason, continue them on their regular dose of methadone while they are admitted. Contact the methadone clinic to confirm their dose and let the clinic know that they will be admitted and not coming in for daily doses, and the local clinic can ensure follow-up after discharge. 
Number 10. Get to know your local methadone clinic. Each clinic may have slightly different rules that you might need to know about, and having a colleague who is able to help out confirming doses after hours can be really helpful. Furthermore, some patients are interested in methadone for opioid use disorder, and it's helpful to be able to connect them with a local methadone clinic for treatment after their emergency department or inpatient stay. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, Treating substance use disorders saves lives.